Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Illustration Department Podcast. My name is Giuseppe Castellano. In this podcast, I talk to folks in illustration, graphic design, publishing, animation, and other creative fields about their beginnings, their successes, and the bumps and bruises they've experienced along the way. In this episode, my guest is Mela Bolinau, art agent and owner of MB Artists. Illustration, what it means to be an illustrator, is ever-evolving. That doesn't mean you need to change your style every day. It does mean you should always be open to change, Mela explains. Among other topics, she and I talk about the somewhat precarious steps she took to becoming an agent. She explains why she's always looking at illustrators' portfolios and what she looks for, even when she's close to submissions. And Mela tells us what she thinks is a sign of a great illustrator. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I actually thought I wasn't going to be able to record today because yesterday morning I was feeling a little sluggish and I had the sniffles and my throat was sore and um, I was trying to push through to thinking maybe it's just a typical case of the Mondays, but uh, it over as the day went on, it, the symptoms got worse and at about five o'clock I, I just, I couldn't even stand my two feet. I, I had to lay down on the couch, passed right out. Um, and that's not normal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. I think I might have COVID <laughs> even though I'm vaccinated. Here we go. Um, but I woke up this morning. I'm fine. So who knows? You were just having a bad day. Or for yeah. all you know, I mean, you may be having just a flu or yeah. a cold. Or, or, or a life. I'm not thinking I might be having a life. And it's just one of those days <laughs> where I just had to, my body's like, yeah, you need to take a break, bro. Um, or that too, because yeah. it's only, you know, the weekend always gets me because, you know, you work so hard and then all of a sudden you're sort of like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. chill out for yeah. a few days. And then it's Monday and you, I'm, and I'm not sure if I should go back to work. I mean, obviously <laughs> I do, but I'm yeah, like, exactly. I, I kind of see like the week leading into the weekend, leading into the week is a lot like, imagine you're, you're on a dirt bike on a really rough bumpy road and that's the week it's like boom, 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 lots of stuff ha- you know happening and you need to right. stay on the stay on the uh, bike or you're gonna fall off and then friday afternoon you hit this ramp and you're just in midair and everything's peaceful and the wind is blowing in your hair and you're like oh this is nice no more bumps monday morning comes and you land back start on that again. road and you start again um, no, absolutely yeah. i mean i'm i'm interested i mean i'm Thank you for thinking of me for this. I oh, mean, I course. was not at all. Um, I have seen your podcast. I, I know that some of my illustrators listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. I know some of the people that you have invited mm-hmm. in the past. <laughs> but it's it's nice to be included or yeah. to be asked of to course. be part of something like this where I've, you know, I feel like I'm sharing a part of myself and at the same time also um, reaching out to illustrators that are just mm-hmm. starting out. Um, yeah. It's how I, you know, manage to gather new talent as mm-hmm. well in terms of the agency and how the agency evolved as, and and just overall um, being part of this industry that we're yeah. in. Well, um, of course I would think of you because I often recommend you uh, <laughs> <laughs> to illustrators. Um, I think I... I think I'm right here in that you're you're technically closed to submissions, um, but I still tell illustrators, eh, send send it to her anyway. You never know. Right. No, I mean th- that's true though. To be honest with you, I mean if you look at my list, I have 
a lot of illustrators. Yeah, I, I don't think I that. have too many illustrators, but I think <laughs> I have a very good group of talented artists. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as we move in this industry and in this business, um, there's a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, people move on. People retire. Mm-hmm. There are things that is totally out of our hands that happens. Mm-hmm. So there, every every year, um, there's always an opening is probably a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always changes. Um, every year I look through the talent group and, and see how the agency is moving along, what I need, what I don't need, what needs to be improved and all that stuff. Once you're in a group, you're within the group for life is the way I see it. You're part of the family. I married you. I, I don't <laughs> like divorces. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Sure. I, if I can... I can make the marriage work. I will keep it on it until I can. Mm-hmm. However, there is, again, there are circumstances where it's not working and mm-hmm. I'm not happy and you're not happy. Then there is no point in being unhappy together. So obviously yeah. that's when changes happen mm-hmm. and openings pop up here and there. So yep. I'm always looking for talent. I'm always open for submissions. Even though I say I'm not looking for anything, I, I look through everyone that sent me a link to their website. Um, sometimes I see potential. Sometimes I feel like there's something there that, that can be very interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it in a, in a book folder, um, my backup illustrator or my maybe illustrators mm-hmm. or definitely illustrators to pursue <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, there's always that obviously yeah. so i'm always i mean i'm always looking through sometimes you hear from me sometimes you don't depends on who it is depends on the day that i'm having <laughs> how many submissions do you would you say you get on average ballpark per day at least a couple of dozen and what's your response policy and I just should, I should note, you should know that I have spent considerable minutes on this podcast kind of criticizing agents for not responding in kind or, no, or absolutely. at all. Um, as I said, if I go through and I see something that has potential, I often would send a respond. I would say 80% of the time I respond to my, to the illustrators that ask for, you know, that submit. Um, and it can be, thank you so much, Mm -hmm. you know, for sharing your work with me. Um, sometimes it would be like, I'm still looking at it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Give me a few more days to review it. Sometimes it will be right on. I think you're very talented, but unfortunately you're too close to somebody I already have. Mm -hmm. And there's that, Mm -hmm. um, because I do have a group of existing talent pool. Um, and you know. As an art director, you know that there's each, I mean, we're, we're within a family of a family of an art style. Mm-hmm. And within that, I try to have each one be very individual and unique. So if it's too close to somebody and I know that that somebody is not getting enough work or just okay work, then obviously I'm not going to duplicate that style because the industry is not asking for that style, if that if that makes sense. However, if I, I have a huge influx of work and I'm turning down work because of a specific something, then I move forward and figure out a way to 
to duplicate, I, I don't want to use the word duplicate, but to find another talent that would be within the same family mm -hmm. that can take over that work yeah. or be able to compete within that realm of projects. Sure. Okay. So uh, yeah. I do respond as often as I can um, with, again, either no or B, you're too close to somebody already, mm -hmm. or C, I think you have potential and... I'm not looking for someone right now, but send it to me again in six months. <laughs> True or false? Everyone who submits to you gets a response. False. <laughs> well, uh, so I want to be honest. I, I, and I appreciate the honesty. I absolutely yeah. do. Um, why not? I, again, it, it comes down to the amount of email that I get at that specific time. Right. If that makes sense. Too if busy, I basically. have... 20 emails and you become part of that email group and I have a fire to put out. Mm -hmm. Which is probably then often. You, well, no. No? Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Enough times, I okay. would say. Um, then I would most likely, mm, you may have slipped the crack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Maybe. Um, however, as I said, if I can look at your work as I'm doing things because I'm, I'm that kind of person to the, the multitask, honestly. So if I'm talking to someone, I'm always doing something else as well. Mm -hmm. Either checking the next email, talking to my illustrators, working on a portfolio, mm -hmm. putting together samples or whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah. I like to see things all the time. I like to see art. I love looking at people's work. I love seeing what they can and cannot do, things mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. I enjoy actually looking through portfolios, seeing um, the creatives out there yeah. and what they're doing, what they're not doing and all that. Mm -hmm. But as I said, I, I have to apologize. If, <laughs> if, if it comes in within a block of emails where yeah. one of my artists is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And or if if a client is 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 totally um, being unreasonable, <laughs> mm, I have a question about um, that. Mm -hmm. we'll, yes, we'll talk about that then, later. Then my mind will definitely switch gear and focus on that fire sure. and and how how to work it out so that everyone will be happy. Right. A few things. A, I get that. I understand that. I appreciate your honesty, and it's understandable. Like you know, basically, there are only so many hours in the day. Absolutely, I'm with you there. In fact, when I was an art director, I how many emails or postcards did I respond to? Not many, hardly any, just because I literally couldn't. If it, if that was part of the job, I wouldn't be able to do my job, right? Because it would just be that all day long, all day long, all day long. And it's not just hey thanks, but no thanks. How many of those responses would then get responses? So then you'd have to have dialogues with countless illustrators it just wasn't possible it wasn't something right. that i didn't want to do it would be, it would have been great to spend all day corresponding with illustrators but it just wasn't possible i get that so as a i'm i'm too admitting that i very rarely responded to illustrators when they submitted stuff to me right. however when we would get postcards or emails that from illustrators that we were like oh man we are definitely going to hire this person at some point I would, I had an assistant and I would ask her to respond to that illustrator. Like we would look at postcards every Wednesday. We would isolate the ones that we were like, man, these are, these are definites. Would you mind emailing them and just letting them know 
we got your postcard. We love it. And we, you're on record and we will consider you for future projects. And I, I just think even if you send an email like, hey, I got your email. Thank you for thinking of me. Unfortunately, right. just not, you know, it's just not right for my agency. I encourage you to continue submitting. Good luck to you in the future. Done. That's it. Right. Even that, I think, would be better than Zippo. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I, and I do my best to, to send that email. And as I said, in, in some ways, I see potential. Um, right. And then if you're getting me on a good day when I'm actually have some time, I mean, I would even say, I think you're great. I think you have something in there. But let's work on this, 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 and this. Right. Do I do that to every submission? Um, no. Right. But I would immediately respond to some people and say, thank you so much, but it's just not right for me. Right. That's the other thing, too, because sometimes you get a talent and it's just not the proper outlet for my agency, yeah. if that makes sense. Totally. Um, sometimes I get illustrators that is more editorial or advertising. I mm -hmm. work or more adult oriented. And that's not my, my genre of art sure. or it's more fashion oriented. And yeah. again, that's not my thing. So. On that case, sometimes that frustrates me as well, because then that person is not really researching agencies. Yeah, they're um, they're basically like carpet bombing. Exactly. Um, speaking of putting out fires, I hear there's a fire engine action going on behind you. Um, oh, is that me? Oh, I can't even tell. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, I thought it was coming from you. No, I live in the woods, Mela. You're in the woods. Oh, yeah. Where are you? Uh, in Pennsylvania. I'm in, um, oh, I thought you were still in Brooklyn. I, we moved, you moved. we moved a year ago. Wow. Yep. That's COVID. Well, Ooh. that, that was part of it. Also okay. three kids who literally outgrew their bedrooms. I mean, quite physically. Um, that was also part of it. So, okay. Th these submissions, these half several dozen submissions you get on a daily basis. Um, many of them have, written very thoughtful long queries dear mella my name is such i'm an illustrator i'm based out of here uh etc cetera, etc cetera. i'd like to illustrate children's books i'm reaching out to you because whatever whatever and then here's a, an attachment uh, to, uh you know of, of a recent piece or maybe even a dummy that i've illustrated and written and or here's a link to my website do you read the query first or do you open the attachments slash website links first? I, to be honest, um, or just to be candid, I look at the work first. That's what I thought. Because that is, you know, I love that you love what you do. But at the end of the day, that's not what's going to help me decide to take you on as a talent. Um, first and foremost, I need to see your portfolio and that you understand the industry that you, you want to pursue, A. And mm -hmm. then if I think there is something there, then I learn more about you. Exactly. <laughs> then I actually stalk you in all the social media platforms that you <laughs> will be in. I would know if you are married or have children, <laughs> yep. where you live, if you're a foreigner, mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah. first and foremost, it's the art, right? I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's no, it's I'm your work. You. It's it's your art first. And then yeah. 
your personality secondary. I mean, not saying that they don't coincide together because <laughs> yeah. obviously you can be a f amazing illustrator, but if you're a hard person to work with, a hard to track and all that, that all comes down to flames too. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, right. No, I, I don't blame you for that at all. It's smart time-wise. I mean, oh, if you, why would you want to spend three minutes reading something and then click on a link and then the link is not at all the kind of art you would represent? Then you just spent three or four minutes for nothing. Right. Um, no, 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 absolutely. I'm with you on that. Actually, sometimes I find that some of the artists that I, I ended up seeking are the ones that didn't say much about themselves, where they just send me a link to their work and then I learn more about them. And mm. then I would ask the questions. Then I'm the one who is pursuing to get to know them mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. in terms of what school they went to. Have you had any work in the past five years? What have you done really? Because you're showing me a body of work here. Mm -hmm. Is this 2021, 2019, 2003? Yep. You know, but it, 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 I mean, it comes down to the illustration um, bottom line. I mean, as an art director, obviously, that's that's your that's your goal, too. I mean, you, you need I mean, you're you're presenting yourself as as an artist. So hence yeah. or an illustrator, then hence then show me what you got. first. Yeah. When I was tr looking for illustrators, I couldn't give less of a crap about where they went to school, what town they live in. I, I None of that mattered. None of it mattered. It was interesting and it mattered later. Right. But I lo was looking at the art and if the art matched the brief, the project, the book, now we're talking. And right. then I start diving a little bit deeper. Oh, that's it. They went. To, oh, they went to that school. Oh, interesting. They didn't go to school. Also interesting. Right. You know, so that's all important. It's not not important. But if your art isn't there, you can have the best written query in history. It doesn't matter. That's not what's going to sell you. It's your art that's going to sell you. No. I mean, my, my focus is on your art. Um, you can write me a novella later on. Um, <laughs> but bottom line, you know, I need to know that you can draw. Yeah, <laughs> there you, you can, go. You know, uh, perspective, you understand backgrounds and environment and character development and color palette and secondary characters and all that stuff, you know, right. that that you look for as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you can just send me a link and just say, hey, um, I'm so and so new at this. I really love illustration. Here's my link. That's all you need to tell me. Nowadays, obviously, things have changed. I mean, I have I have clients. Well, I mean, God, we've been in this business for so long now, but I have a, an artist one time that faxed me, fax, fax, Giuseppe faxed me a sample. <laughs> and I fell in love with the, the image on the, the fax. And then I pursued it. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a black and white image, for God's sakes. It wasn't even the color. I mean, I remember faxing black and white um, samples to a client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember receiving black and white. We would check the fact my job as a design assistant in the late 90s was... <laughs> Check the fax machine because yep. there were faxes from agents. And that's uh -huh. how we rolled then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, now Old we're school. showing age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when you're looking for illustrators, when you're looking at illustration, you just listed off a, a number of things that you're looking for. You know, composition, right. can you draw, does it move you, and things like that. Um, what is one common 
reason why you you would decide nope? If I see an illustration and the character's back is at me, I just shut the door. Huh. Okay. <laughs> is that is that too 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 rough? Too honest? Um, no. If I see an image where I don't see a face, I I don't get it. Um, if you're going to show me an illustration to show me what you can do, why am I looking at someone's back? Is is my but but my if question. they include another piece that no, shows I mean, someone's front, I, yeah. Sometimes everything is good, but then the back of a person's head, and and that throws me off because a does that person cannot do faces? Right. Just common knowledge. If you're you're putting a portfolio together, I know that some work or some picture covers and all that requires mm -hmm. to see someone's back. But if you are showing your work to an agent or to someone, I mm -hmm. think it's to your best interest to show that you can do a character's right. face. That's not it's the right, that's not the right image to, to include. That's that. not the first, but that, that right. is not the image to show. Okay. And, and I, and on top of that, like if, if, if you're showing an illustration portfolio, I don't want to see a portrait of your dog or your personality. Because it's it's not a portraiture, it's an illustration, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That throws me off too because I'm like, and I know, I mean, it's not uncommon to have a portrait of yourself as part of your bio. I get that now. Mm -hmm. But as part of your portfolio, um, I don't necessarily need to see what you look like. I mean, I would rather see what you can do to a character mm -hmm. and, and what your signature look is like, you know? So... I guess, I mean, I guess to, to go back to what really throws me off. I mean, I hate seeing the back of someone's head. That does just doesn't bode well. Interesting. Interesting. I should, I should share with you that right now I'm thinking of Frog and Toad by Arnold Lobel. And there's a right. very, that many of those images are Frog and Toad looking away from the viewer, staring right. at the sunset or something. So well, you wouldn't represent that. Arnold Lobel is what you're admitting to. Well, no, but then when you think about that book, though, because that's one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah. You already see a hint of what he, that illustrator can do in, in, in theory, because it's not totally back back, though, Giuseppe. I mean, you can <laughs> see a little bit, you know, and you can see the background and all that. Um, but at the same time, I bet when he submitted his portfolio to the publisher. Obviously, they need to see what Frog would look like first. All right. So you know basically, I mean? yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there. Uh, <laughs> so you graduated with a visual arts degree from Barnard. Right. And this was 95. You joined HK Portfolio, which was founded by Harriet Kasak, who had mm -hmm. passed a decade later or so. Um, and then you took over. I mean, you graduated with a visual arts degree to be an agent, or were you thinking of being something else? Oh, this is longer answer than you anticipated. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, this is this is a fun part about my history that I'm not sure if a lot of people know about me. Honestly, uh, maybe some people within my my group, my um, artist group, mm -hmm. but. You know, throughout my life, you know, I'm always artistic or creative, if I can say that. Um, I'm always painting or drawing. But um, when we came to the U.S., um, we're, I'm from the Philippines, and um, I grew up in the Philippines. I came to the U.S. when I was 13. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so coming to the U.S. from immigrant parents, I'm I'm coming from a different set of rules. Let me just put it that way. Okay. So doing art is a hobby in in my family. Um, it's not something where you pursue it as a profession. Um, my parents left the Philippines to to give us a better life, and hence we're expected to take advantage of what we can do in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So growing up, um, art is secondary always. My parents are very academically inclined, mm-hmm. if to say it to say it nicely, <laughs> where we are expected to always do better and all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. going into college, I did um, apply to several schools. One of them was um, Tisch in New York, and I did get in, but I ended up going to Barnard um, because Barnard is more academically inclined. Mm-hmm. And my parents wants me to go pre-med. So I was actually pre-med when I started school. Oh, I did not know that. But I switch on majors without telling my, my parents. <laughs> but I convinced myself that I would be an art therapist. So hence, I'm not really disappointing uh-huh. them. So it's still within the medical field, but but visually influenced. Oh, that's amazing. That way. Okay. I had a BA in art history with concentration to visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, my senior advisor um, called me in the office and says, oh, by the way, there's this um, competition at the National Arts Club, um, so-and-so back up, um, and um, I want you to take over her place. And I was like, oh, okay. So, And she's like, well, yeah, I know, but don't get your hopes up, Mela, because, you know, we're, we're not an art school. Um, we're from Barnard. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay. You're going to be put in a pool with people from Cooper Union and mm-hmm. School of Visual Arts and Pratt and FIT. So, you know, mm-hmm. we just need to put someone in there from our school. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. That's great. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. And this is at the, the National Arts Club at, at Gramercy. Yeah. And as I said, I was a painter. Um, so I ended up submitting sculptures and and my advisor is like you're going to do sculptures but you're not a sculptor i'm like yes because i think it's great and no one's going to be doing the same thing (laughs) and in my mind i'm like well you know what i have nothing to lose you know she didn't expect anything art worthy from me anyway so i'm just going to do it and have Uh fun Uh so i did i submitted some sculptures they're like um they're like moas from um, easter island And I used cardboard and burlap and, and waxed to do it. To make the story short, surprisingly, I won the first prize. Amazing. So I had prize money. Uh-huh. And that prize money allowed me to stay in New York to look for a job. It ended up being between working for the United Nations or working for Harriet Kasach. I had no idea what being an art agent was, no clue. Um, But it sounded amazing and inspiring because you're working with children's books and children's Mm -hmm. books shapes people's world and I wanna do art therapy. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna take a bullet and work for Harriet Kasach as her assistant. And that was it. Um, That first job that I started after college is the same thing that I'm doing now. I mean, 95, do the math. It's a long time. A long time. Obviously, there are definite differences between 
what being an agent meant back in the mid to late 90s versus what it means today. And we could go down that route. We could also go down the route of what changes or similarities do you have you have you seen from publishers uh, between you know from from then to now? But uh, my gosh, where do we go? The, it's a loaded question. It's very and, loaded. And, and again, it's a very historical aspect of illustration as well in children's publishing because when I started, as you know, it's very different. Um, when we started, there, the internet was just starting out, mm. and digital, um, like the digital world, is is new and fresh and be- and just beginning. Um, the way we do things then and the way we do things now are totally different. As an agent, I have evolved as well from what I was doing then and what I was doing now. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to creating quality books for children. And that has not changed. And I think that's what we are still doing. Um, the bottom line is still creating amazing books to educate, to mm-hmm. inspire, to mm-hmm. um, bring about a world to the kids that um, not any other medium can. So the differences, differences between being an agent then, being an agent now, being in publishing then, being in publishing now, I, I think... I trust the listeners can guess at most of those changes, you know, obviously the internet and other, other things, right. but something that hasn't changed is fee structure and those illustration fees for those 32 page picture books haven't really changed much. Have they? No, it has not. And interestingly enough, um, okay. So let's, let's, to be fair. Okay. To be fair to, to the publishers and to be fair, to, to the illustrators. It was just, I, I just want to play devil's advocate. Um, when I get a project or when a publisher works with, with us, there's always the fee structure that obviously we, we, we think about, um, depending on if you're, you know, as, as, as an illustrator, something that I always have to remind my illustrators are, a is it a big publisher, a small publisher, an independent publisher, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because in terms of a smaller publisher, obviously they're not going to be able to give you the, the advance that you you may expect. Um, however, there are small publishers out there that creates amazing books. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to advances and royalties, just keep in mind that yes, it may be a lower advance. However, if the book sells, then there is that royalty in the future to look forward to. So. Sure. I always have to to remind my illustrators about where the offer is coming from. Is it a big publisher or a small publisher? Um, and then based on that, okay, what kind of book are we looking at? Right. But you're right. I mean, the fee structure has not changed. Um, in some ways, there was a time probably in like in the tw- uh, 2010 to 2015, maybe, mm-hmm. where there was a, 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 an uptake when the advances can can go as high as 30 35 per book mm-hmm. um and nowadays it's it's that doesn't really exist as much yeah it just hasn't grown with no. inflation when it, you know when we think we think about profit and loss on how many books you have to sell to start making money or to to to, to create profit i mean that comes down to that too as well 
you know, I think at one point people were very super eager about the big, big, big advances. But at the end of the day, none of the advance get paid off yeah. or it doesn't earn the advance. And that, um, that affects, it affects future books. It affects future acquisition exactly. meetings. We've, I've talked about mm -hmm. this on the podcast. You know, if you get that first book and it's a really huge advance, how wonderful does that sound? But if the yes. book doesn't sell at all, and the publisher is basically on the hook for that advance, that you, I mean, they're not going to ask for it back, of no. course. It's yours. But in future acquisition meetings, not just at that publisher, but at other publishers, they're going to look up those numbers. And they're going to be like, well, so-and-so paid this person X amount of money. It didn't do right. well. So we're not going to pay that much money for this person's second book for, with us. Or maybe that we won't acquire it at all because we're not right. going to, we don't want to be on the hook for several tens of thousands of dollars. Well, where there, there, there's, the, there's that honesty in, in, in putting a book together, right? I mean, obviously you have to sell the book. I mean, you cannot over inflate yourself in, in some way. It doesn't sell itself. You can't assume it's going to sell. No, no, it's always an investment as I tell all my illustrators. Um, and then to make it more interesting, my group, represent illustrators from around the world. Mm -hmm. um, some of my illustrators are living in a country where it doesn't have a U.S. trade treaty with the U.S. You know, with the U.S. With that comes the withholding tax. <laughs> so for them to have a royalty book, it means there's a 30% withholding tax <laughs> to consider. That's, that's, that's just nuts. It, it's it, it's intense. It's, yeah. it's not, it's, you know, so you have to keep that in mind, obviously. So, I mean, I'm... I'm that agent. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not, you know, I can't compare myself to other agents. Honestly, I don't really know how other agents work, bottom line. But um, I approach every project as an opportunity. Um, and I don't see it as, you know, it, it, it is the stepping stone, it's the exposure, it's, it's what you can learn from it and all that stuff. In terms of fee, yes, of course, we will try to get as much as we can from that project. Um, in terms of a contract from royalty to flat fee to work for hire and all that, I mean, that comes into play as well. Um, I'm work with illustrators from different ethnic backgrounds and all that. So that comes with sensitivity as well in terms of where they're coming from or what does this mean to them? Um, how sure. can they grow from each project? If it's a flat fee or a work for hire or a royalty book, obviously it will affect your decision into moving forward with a project or not. Mm -hmm. I don't close doors to anything. Um, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna tell you here's what you should do. Here's what you know. But the bottom line is, it's the illustrator's um, decision to say yes or no, accept or decline, and yeah. then go from there. Right. Yeah. I, I'm uh, most. I would say more than fifty percent of the contracts that I offered illustrators for several decades were work for hire yes the next most common was flat fee and then the last was royalty based so I, i'm not one to be i'm not in the camp of to hell with work for hire and flat fee contracts i think that's that is a it's a privileged thing i think people saying like oh say no to flat fees Right. Are people in positions in which they can, you know, maybe they have a partner who can support them. Maybe they support themselves. Exactly. I, or maybe they have money from someplace else. I don't know. But you, if you're going to just straight up say, you know what, no work for hire ever for me, 
you're cutting yourself off from a, a, a certain amount of projects that could help you pay your bills. Granted, you're giving your art to someone forever, but they're paying for it. And they're also paying for your rights too. So you're getting more money. Uh, It's a whole thing. Um, I, I, just for an interest of time, because holy crap did this hour just go by quick. (laughs) Um, What frustrates you most about publishing today? Right now, at this minute, the biggest frustration I have is is really trying to get a handle as to how publishing would be moving back to work, honestly. Okay. Because I think with COVID, a lot of people obviously work off-site, and it sort of threw a little curveball among all of us. I mean, as illustrators... We always work remotely, right? We all we work from home. This is this is our this is our world. Yeah. <laughs> I loved working from home, and I w- really want everybody else to work back <laughs> in their offices. Yeah, because it helps you. <laughs> main, you meet with them. You you know, it's just yes. back to how it I used mean, to be. It it I wanna. I mean, my frustration right now is is. I mean, luckily, as I said, I mean, you know, the past year has been really tough for many and for myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, being at home, being with my family, my husband, my children, I'm really over it. I work from home. I want them back in where they belong, <laughs> <laughs> school and in the office. So that's oh my, my frustration. God. I mean, that's so funny because I totally did not answer that question in terms of illustration. I answered it for on a personal level. No, which is fine. I mean, look, I honestly, I thought you were going to go another way. I thought you were going to say like, oh, you know, it's just, I'm cherishing this time and it's very important. Um, But you're probably saying out loud what most people, including me, think. um, I mean, I've gotten, I mean, I'm more productive when I have um, my office to myself and I get to see my clients. I get to hang out with them. I get to hear what's going on and, 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 and what they're working on and their frustrations and problems and all that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Not that I'm not hearing that now, because obviously I'm hearing that as well with what's, you know, with the current mood of our, our publishing um it's a good way of putting it you know um mm-hmm. i'm i'm hearing it as well i mean i'm hearing art directors you know with their children in the background screaming and working on a project at home i mean that's frustration on their part as well because it's very difficult to be taking care of children while you're also art directing somebody else you know what i mean sure. um so I think in terms of my frustrations, like I really just, I mean, I think in some ways working from home is very, has gotten productive. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, people, yeah. I mean, things got done while we're at home. However, I think we're more productive if we're in our own cubicle. I mean, I don't want to use the word cubicle, but in our own environment. Workspaces. Yeah. Um, where you're not working in the closet and I'm not working in my bedroom. Yeah. Or where my, I'm in my closet right now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I know yeah. so many art directors who have converted their closet into an office. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, with like very ingenious um, ways of getting things from the container store and, and, and sure. having a desk in the closet that you can open up for drawers where the mm-hmm. computer goes in, where the laptop goes in and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I have a little sound studio in my closet. See? So that's that's what I mean. And I, and I, I, I was... 
talking to another art director recently, and he was also in the closet. And that's the, the closet. I mean, I think that's the closet. So that's where his office was. Uh, you know? That's fine. And that works too. Don't get me wrong. You know, no, I get so, you. But I think it would be nice to have your own space where we yeah. can all just, just kind of mm -hmm. spread out and and not have to worry that your children will be running in or whatever, <laughs> or your dog or yeah, somebody else. I know. I mean, both you and I are like probably talking faster than we would normally talk because uh, you know both of us have kids who at any second could just barge in and. Right. <laughs> ask us ask us for I don't know what juice box or some damn thing. Um so in the interest of time, I think we have to call it, sadly. Um let's remember that there are illustrators listening to this conversation, many of whom are looking for agents or are currently, you know, mid career or right. you know, wherever they are. What last bit of advice would you like to share with those with those listeners directly? This is what I often share with, with my illustrators as well. And I think it's important and it's significant. Um, I think as illustrators, you always have to explore, experiment, evolve. Like do not let your craft become stagnant. As illustrators, we're, you know, you're inherently curious, imaginative and creative. So it's your job to, to build imaginary worlds that engages and inspire. I encourage all illustrators to, to be open-minded, to always have room to grow as an artist. The world of illustration is always moving, growing, you know, transforming. And as a result, you know, as part of this world, this, this illustration world, um, as being creatives in our industry, I think illustrators should allow themselves to continue to learn, to grow, and to evolve as well. Um, as a true illustrator, you need to be able to keep your signature look intact, but still demonstrates growth and maturity to your craft. I think, in my opinion, a sign of a great illustrator is someone that can keep your illustration soul, your signature look, but still manage to, to transform and improve yourself as an artist. You know, all illustrators are sort of a living thing. You need to be able to continue to be creative and if you allow yourself to just to be open-minded and, and to grow as an artist, you know, you, I think it keeps your, your talent alive. To learn more about Mela, visit mbartists.com. If you enjoyed our conversation, please share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast, and provide a positive rating and review. Become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash illustration D-E-P-T. In return, you'll receive our soft enamel pin, a reusable discount code for 10% off, and access to patron-only episodes we're calling Extra Credit. This podcast is produced by the Illustration Department, a global leader in online education for illustrators. Visit us at illustrationdept.com for class offerings, testimonials, the alumni showcase, the podcast show notes, our forum, the bookshop, and more. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.